Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in your everyday life. Hey everyone, Pastor David here with Liz Jones hello. and Pastor Pat McDonald. Yay. Hey, hello He is everybody. the lead pastor of Word of Life Fellowship, where we serve, and it's such an honor to have you with us today. Thank you so much for it's joining us. It's my pleasure. Us. Thanks for letting me join the club. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great. And we are actually in our fasting and prayer week here at Word of Life Fellowship, so we have this subject on our hearts about fasting and what is it, why would we do it, what's the relevance of it today? So instead of me giving any thoughts on that, I'm just going to make you guys answer it. No, Does that sound good? Would <laughs> help. You're trying Wouldn't to pull a Pastor Bob. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I can just blather on, but I want to, you know, start a conversation here. Um, but what do you think? What is fasting? If somebody's tuning into Christianity for the first time, or maybe they're from a, a side of Christianity or practice that doesn't fast that often, what do we mean when we say fasting? It's not the opposite of slowing. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, yeah, just a warning. Okay, so there's like dad jokes, and then the next level up from that is pastor jokes. Yeah, pastor so jokes. That's, yes. <laughs> that's where we're what at What if today. you're a dad and a pastor? It's double whammy. <laughs> yeah, then you're in real deep trouble. That's for sure. It's painful. <laughs> Fasting is a very long-standing practice. Uh, not just a practice, but an attitude. Uh, Christianity is not the only of religions that do it. And it's not just religious. A lot of people do fasting for health benefits. But mm-hmm. we're, we're mainly focused, of course, on scriptural basis and the supernatural, the spiritual benefits of fasting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, simply uh, fasting is where you cut things out of your life, right? And mm-hmm. um, biblically, it's food. Mm-hmm. Right, we have uh, other people who fast other things. <laughs> I'm not sure how, yeah. how uh, effective those are sometimes, but <laughs> food is really where it hits you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I wanted is. to ask about that. Like, is does it have to be food? What's the benefit of it being food, or could it just be I didn't watch Seinfeld for a week? Yeah. Well, Isaiah well, no. speaks about <laughs> abstaining from pleasures of life. Okay, yeah. so it's not just food, but it. Food's something we all get you know, used to at least several times a day. Yeah. And when we don't eat, all of a sudden, our attention is peaked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the whole point of it is to be able to take that and focus it on the things of God, on His purposes. Yeah. I think it's important because some people can't medically fast from food, so you can get a beneficial fast from other things, especially if God's highlighting that, if you're being convicted in an area. I know I stepped off social media for several months in a row now, and I feel (laughs) so much better. That's not necessarily for (laughs) everyone, but I mean, I think it's things that are consuming your attention and they're drawing you away from God that the Holy Spirit might put his finger on and say, hey, this is something you need to take a break from. from." It could be a hobby, right? It could be entertainment. Um, But for me, there's, there's a real benefit in food because I love food. And food is like, if you stop eating for a, a day, you realize how everything in life is about food. Right. You, it's about preparing it, shopping for it, um, you know, going and sitting down and eating a meal, doing the dishes afterwards. Oh, what are we going to eat next? Sometimes I'm at, at dinner with my wife and I'm thinking about what we're going to have for breakfast the next morning. <laughs> That's our conversation. So it just shows you, right? Yeah. I think, too, it's about... Um, uh, identifying the things that you're dependent on, mm. right? That that you've developed, right. maybe you've developed a dependency on also That's that good. you're able to 
um, cut those things out and like realign your dependency on the Lord is really, I think what fasting does in all forms, whether it's from pleasures or entertainment or from food or mm. other things, it's like allows you like, I'm going to cut this thing out that I have become just used to having in my life. It's part of my life. It's part of who I am. It's part of my routine. It's part of what absorbs my time, my thoughts, my attention. And like you were saying, Pastor Pat, be able to take all of that and now direct it towards the Lord. Yeah. I think that's a really valid point. I think there's a lot of people who aren't aware of what we rely on until all of a sudden you abstain from that. And boy, your awareness peaks. It's good. Mm -hmm. And of course our reliance should be predominantly on the Lord Mm -hmm. above my daily food. It says in the scriptures, you know, a man is not consistent of the things he possesses. Uh, Man does not live by bread alone. All of these are scriptural points to the fact that we have a reliance on God is where our healthiest reliance and dependence is on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It has a lot to do with appetites in general. Um, And so a lot of times we can be ruled by our appetites as Mm -hmm. human beings. We can be ruled by, you know, there's several different appetites. We could, we could list them all. But um, I find that when I fast food, it's, it's really a very um, urgent one. It's a demand on you. You got to eat got to eat three squares a day. So people believe that. I mean, we can all afford to miss a few meals as Americans, myself especially. Um, But it's a really urgent demand on you. And I find that when the appetite comes under control, the other appetites come under control. Mm -hmm. And when that appetite, you know, if it's being expressed in gluttony, if there's too much food, if it's being relied on, if it's being worshiped, that makes all the other appetites go out of whack as well. It's much harder to control your tongue and what you say and what you're attracted to. And it's, it's much more difficult if you're not living a lifestyle of fasting, whatever that might look like. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys like what your personal experience of fasting has been. I've actually liked fasting. No, I'm, I'm like you, I love food. Yeah. And I don't know anybody that loves food that likes to fast. <laughs> so it's not the process so much as the result. Mm-hmm. I love the result of fasting. We've done, over the course of the 50 years that I've been at Word Life, we've done just about every kind of fasting that the Bible teaches. Yeah. Um, and every single time, I've come out stronger, better focused, touched from the Lord, things revealed not only in my life, around my life. I love the result. Mm-hmm. And it, it just helps me to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Liz? Well, I have a question actually for Pastor Pat, because I yeah. know this is something we do um, traditionally at the beginning of the year, like mm-hmm. we're, we're you know seeking the Lord for what he has, but is it only for the beginning of the year or are there other times when it's appropriate to fast? When it's appropriate. I think it's appropriate to fast at any point in time. The Bible talks about God calling a fast and yeah. several of the Old Testament prophets mm-hmm. that the Lord called a fast. And again, we go back to what we said at the beginning. The purpose is to draw your attention to what you're dependent on, eh, contrasting what we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be dependent on. Yeah. So I see in the Bible fast called all throughout a given season. Mm-hmm. Um, and at Word of Life, it wasn't always the first of the year. That's only actually been in the last, what, 10 or 15 years okay. of 53. Okay. Um, probably the most fasting, most consistent what used to do it in in advance of special um, we call them conferences now, mm-hmm. but we would have times when outside speakers would come in, particularly prophetic speakers, okay. and they come in to have a time where they're going to lay hands on specific candidates in our church. We really wanted the the focusing of mm-hmm. the people. We really wanted to draw the presence of the Lord. 
We wanted to hear from God. Mm -hmm. And so we would go into those facets during those mm -hmm. periods of time. That yeah. would be sometimes in the fall, sometimes in the winter, sometimes in the summer. So the time, it's not like has to be, you know, the, if we don't fast by the 15th of January, we're out of God's will. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nah. Yeah. yeah. And is it always corporate or can individuals fast? We see both in the scriptures. Yeah. I think as usual, when the body does something together, it's way more powerful. Mm. We just see synergy. It's a nice, cool word we love to use <laughs> in the last yeah. couple of years. You know, but yeah. um, synergy, the body works stronger together. You know, a, a threefold cord is not readily or easily broken. Mm -hmm. So when we see a calling, when we hear that calling for the church to come together and pray, I think there's some additional benefit than just the fasting and just the individual. Mm. Absolutely. Um, How would you answer that, Liz? Which which one? <laughs> so um, I still have your original what's question the, in my mind. You know, whatever you want to talk about <laughs> is fine. Like, how can fasting be in our life? What's your personal experience with fasting? Yeah, my personal experience is, like Pastor Brett said, there's never been a time when I've fasted genuinely and the Lord has not um, revealed himself, delivered me of things, broken mindsets open, um, showed me things in his word where I was like, did not understand. And he just, it was like, just became clear. I mean, it's amazing that something so natural in one sense, um, is so supernatural and the Lord is so faithful mm -hmm. to come and to work in us and do more than we, um, than I ever expect. Right. And, um, right. and that's come at corporate times, but also times of just personal fasting when the Lord put on my heart, like, I want you to fast for this period. And, um, and it's just been something that I've done. Um, and some of that, I was just thinking back, like some of the very significant changes of, I would say mindsets in my life that really like broke me out of things and put me on a whole new path happened during fasting yeah. as a result of it. And it wasn't something that I was asking for. I wasn't like I had like, I need to be set free from this. I really need to break through in this area. It was just like, Lord, I'm seeking you and whatever it is. And I didn't even know those things were there. And he came and just made it clear and then set me free. It's pretty yeah. amazing. You yeah. made reference a few minutes ago about alignment. Mm. You know, um, I've heard a quote several times where fasting is not getting God to align to our will. Yeah. Fasting is us aligning ourselves, our hearts to God's will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if, you know, people who are fasting are usually people who love the Lord, want to serve God. If there was something going sour or south or, or wrong in our life, we typically would take care of it. Yeah. Fasting, for some reason, seems like to open up the, the, the heavenly diagnostic system. Mm -hmm. And God begins to put stuff, he starts to put stuff on us, he starts to take stuff from us, things we would never have seen ourselves yeah. or on our own in our own little focus. So yeah. True. In a lot of ways, fasting, at least for me, has been a way to just take a hard left and be like, okay, it's, it's time to just divert because it's always the last thing when you need to fast the most is when you don't want to fast the most. <laughs> when you're like, you need to seek the Lord, you need an appetite for him, you need a hunger for him, you probably don't have a hunger for him. Mm. So you have to make a choice of faith and obedience um, to seek the Lord, like it says in Joel, to seek him with prayer and fasting and mourning and weeping, to seek him. That's a decision followed by the will, right? And it's something that it, it takes faith because like you said, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like just starving yourself would do anything. <laughs> and <laughs> you can fast in a way the Lord doesn't choose, a yeah. way that it is just starving yourself. It is just a religious work. Um, it's putting the focus on you and your problems 
and not on God and what, what he wants to reveal and how he wants to focus you. Um, but a lot of times in my life, it's, you know, fasting was the last thing I wanted to do, but it was the exact thing that I had to do to get perspective and clarity. Um, because when you're in a bad spot, you want to medicate and you want to numb yourself and you want food, you want entertainment, you want everything that you would fast from. And you're saying, no, my source isn't the world. My source is to do the will of him who sent me. That's my food. My food is his word. Uh, it doesn't feel like it is, but let me try. Let me try to eat from him. Um, and I think that's that's a big thing in my personal experience of fasting is you actually get hungry when you fast. I don't know if anybody knows that. When you don't eat for a while, you get hungry. And then you say, I want to fill on the presence of God. I want to fill on the word. And you actually take that and you do eat, but what you eat is the presence of God and the scripture. You eat the scroll, right? You actually eat his sustenance. And you can get to a point where you don't actually hunger after that. It's a strange supernatural thing where God can sustain you. Um, so those are just a few, um, you know, thoughts that were coming to my mind. Mm -hmm. um, let me just see, what are, what are other thoughts you guys have, other benefits of fasting or, or maybe challenges that you guys have experienced? I think one of the, one of the challenges is, and um, you started to touch on this, Pastor Pat, was that a lot of times I think people view fasting as like a supernatural manipulation. Like it's mm. like a, <laughs> that sounds a little harsh, but if I do these things, then God will do what I want. And like, that's how we, mm. that's how we get to move God from yeah. where he is because he's unwilling to do something. And if I fast and afflict myself, then he will become willing to do it. And that is just, um, there's, it's, no, there's no brownie points, no, no cosmic brownie points. No. By, yeah, and by it's just fasting. it's just a uh, a misunderstanding, or at, at the very least, or a very it can be a very extreme religious bondage also, which a lot of things that the Lord addresses in the Word consistently mm -hmm. is people who are fasting as a form of religion, right. as it um, <clears throat> just this methodology to either make themselves look good to try to. Um, get something that they wanted to get manipulation it is it's self self-focused self-exalting um all of those things it's mm -hmm. this weird false humility also that comes with it and pride and religion all that's all mixed up so we really have to be careful not to um to fall into that to yeah. that side of things because the lord is like he hates it you yeah. said earlier on about what's what's the reason what is fasting and i always think in terms of the why you know, yeah. you guys do it all the time. What's the why? Mm -hmm. What's the purpose in this? Yeah. Like every other aspect from Genesis to Revelations, and that is relationship with him. Mm -hmm. He's conforming us to the image of his son, making us more conformable to him. It's not like you said, it's not cosmic brownie points or mm -hmm. you're you're not rubbing the bottle of the genie no. better right. so that he's gonna he's now he's gonna come out and grant us our three wishes, you right. know, Jehovah genie, right? Mm -hmm. Um it's none of those things. It's yeah. all about relationship. It's all about of realigning our focus, realigning our awareness on our dependency. That is what it is. And whenever we get outside of that, and the best of people can. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're all fasting. Okay, let's do this. And boy, you know, I sure would love, you know, to f see the church filled with people again, you know. Yeah. Or no, we need to see the church filled with God. We oh, need that yeah. relationship. We need to see our relationship with Him 
stronger, mm-hmm. deeper, richer. Yeah. That's and it, you're hitting on something that, I mean, the house international house of prayer has a lot of really good teaching on fasting. And what they highlight is that fasting is an expression of mourning, right? Jesus said to his disciples, once, um, once the bridegroom's gone, that's Jesus, then the disciples will fast because it's about missing his presence, wanting his presence, saying that the life I'm living now, there, there is more. Uh, I'm missing out on everything I could be having in God. I want to fast. I want to I want to focus on heaven. I want to focus on him. I want to cultivate hunger. I want to cultivate right a desire for God. Um, and I think it's actually important not just to have corporate gatherings, not just to have like consecration uh, fasting, not just to have event fasting, um, but to have a lifestyle of fasting. And I was doing this for several years um, when I lived in Santa Barbara doing ministry. And I actually got away from it for several years um, where I would fast once a week, I would just do a, a one day fast every week and I would break the fast at night. It would be like night to night and it recalibrated me. Like it actually brought me to a place where I remembered, I would have to ask myself, why am I doing this? Um, what am I living for? What's the place of God in my life? Am I hungry for God? What is satisfying my hunger? What is pulling on my appetites? It was an amazing recalibration. It was something that it, it was a huge benefit to me. And I've actually readapted that into my life and the Lord's revitalized that in me. And it's such a powerful tool. It's an amazing thing to live a fasted life, even if that's missing one meal a week, whatever you can do, whatever the Lord puts on your heart to do. um, It's a way of refocusing and a way of opening yourself up and cultivating that desire, putting fuel on the fire uh, for your relationship with God. And when we don't do that, it really, it can kind of quench. The world can quench the yeah, flame that's it so mm-hmm. um how do you think people in our culture might receive this idea of fasting modern american <laughs> well, for those listening we, we live in america so. yeah exactly <laughs> i mean it, when you travel internationally uh, the churches in africa for example the churches in india they fast commonly mm-hmm. they or shall i say the uh, as as pastor david benjamin from Chennai, india says the frontline churches fast as yes. opposed to the mainline churches. Ooh. You know, I've got a, a, a brother. Uh, he has a twin brother who's also a minister of, of, of not a, a spirit-filled church. And I met them, and my friend, the, the pastor of the Pentecostal spirit-filled church there, uh, James Coteau, he's slender and, and you know, and, and fit, everything else. His brother is a little bit more like me, a little more portly, you know. <laughs> this, I said, what's the difference? He goes... I fast every week, you know. <laughs> okay, that's not his goal. That's his diet but, strategy. You know, the point is that I'm trying to make is outside of the United States, in the in the Christian circles, fasting is very common. Mm-hmm. They they put a lot of uh, importance on it. They attribute a lot of what we've been discussing to that time of fasting. They do it commonly mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. You know, International House of, of you know of uh, prayer, mm-hmm. or uh, um, the guy from the call, Lou Engel. Yes, these guys, those circles, they fast a lot. Mm-hmm. We would do well to learn and follow a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and to take the heart behind it too. Most which is, um, you know, Isaiah fifty eight said, "There's a fast the Lord chooses." We've sort of referenced that before. Mm-hmm. Um, another great thing I found in fasting is to try to serve others while you're fasting. Mm-hmm. And maybe take even the money that you were going to spend on a, a cheeseburger at Wendy's and give it to the poor or give that cheeseburger to a guy that, that needs it or donate it to anti-human trafficking or something like that um, to actually let your abstinence be a giving, to let it be for the benefit of someone else. 
Um, and you'll tell yourself, I can't do it. I'm fasting. I don't have any energy. I'm so hungry. I can't go home and vacuum the house. I can't go home and do the dishes. I can't bless my family. You can do it. Like I even shoveled the deck you know, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I was fasting. It's completely in the, the strength of God, right? And it's, but it's putting your mind on that, that it's like, I want to take the focus off me for a little bit, put, push the pause on David and think like, what is God saying? Um, and so that's, I think the fast that God chooses is always about mercy to others. It's, it's not about, like Liz said, pumping yourself up or, or being this great spiritual giant. It's about how do I get myself out of the way <laughs> for right. two seconds? In, right. a, in essence, you see uh, a precursor to the two great commandments mm-hmm. that Jesus talked about. He says, you seek the Lord for his relationship, right? Mm-hmm. But then in that scripture in Isaiah, he talks about eight specific actions and activities we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. None of them for us. Oh, yeah, that's good. They're all in the horizontal plane. They're all yeah. to our brothers and sisters. They're all to people that aren't mm-hmm. related to us. You know, to word. loose the bonds of wickedness, mm-hmm. chains of injustice, to, do, to undo heavy burdens, to untie the cords of the yoke. Mm-hmm. The Lord doesn't have any bondages or yokes. We're not <laughs> untying his. Yeah. We're untying ours by untying others. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it should not be a season when we fast, when we do all those good things and the rest right. of the year, it's like, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, it's a, it, it, yeah. it recalibrates us and re should be reestablishing us on a lifestyle of mm-hmm. such, mm-hmm. but it's that vertical relationship with the Lord and activities in relationship horizontally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some thoughts on that. Um, yeah. I, I just have like, <laughs> a lot of thoughts going through my mind right now, but Preach it. Preach it. <laughs> again, it just, it does come back to, um, motive and heart intention and position. I was just thinking about when you were asking about like our culture, right? Cause like, yeah. right. You know, intermittent fasting is like a huge thing right now. And just the health circles, so health and, right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like fasting health. for your benefit, right. To be healthy or to lose weight or whatever it is, balance your body out. And so I think like anything, um, the concepts, scriptural concepts, get taken and they get turned into like these humanistic ideas, Mm -hmm. which is fine for, you know, health things. But it's like, if you're just doing it for a health benefit, um, you shouldn't expect a spiritual benefit. I guess I'm going (laughs) to, exactly. I'm going to say, um, because there is, um, there is a heart posture that comes with true fasting. Mm -hmm. That is, is, um, humility and uh, desperation and dependence and a willingness to be purified also i believe is a big part of fasting that's part of you know when the church would um in the new testament the church would come together they would fast Mm -hmm. and pray when they were going to designate people for certain ministries or like you were talking Mm -hmm. about set them in i believe part of that was um to purify their hearts so anything in their hearts was cleared out of the way so they could correctly yeah, discern good. and understand the will of the Lord. So I think there's also this purifying that comes um, when we fast, but because of the position of our heart, not just because we're skipping a meal yeah. necessarily. Not want to lose yeah. some weight here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be a red flag if you're just like, I'm going to starve myself to lose weight for Jesus. <laughs> Probably not for Jesus necessarily. Um, maybe but not. It might be a good start, you know, <laughs> fat, fast one day a week, and that could maybe help it's you get jump a start. handle on some of those gluttony issues. Um, <laughs> it does help. Um, but yeah, I think in our culture, like you mentioned, America, um, it's all about there, there's, there's an opportunity as an American to never need anything, mm-hmm. to never actually 
hunger for anything. The minute that you want something, you go to Panda Express and you get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think our culture is full of ways to just sedate you, just numb you, just numb you up. And it's so tempting to choose that. And uh, like you said, around the world, many people fast involuntarily. <laughs> <There's>, uh, <laughs> that's how it is. Like, it's just, there's a lot of um, physical poverty and that can equate to poverty of spirit, desperation, desire to pray. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the poor that actually have a spiritual advantage to call out to God. Um, it doesn't look like that to us in our world-based value system. Um, but in America, we have the opportunity to have our appetites fulfilled in seconds. And we don't sit with it. We don't think about it. In fact, it is a growing attitude in our in our culture that if it isn't satisfied, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. things aren't perfect, there's a problem. Yeah. Whether it's your body, whether it's your job, whether it's your marriage, whether everything has to be perfect. And if it isn't, mm -hmm. it's somebody else's fault. <laughs> yeah. It's driven us to being such a litigious society. We're suing everybody anytime anything goes wrong because it. It's supposed to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And this is another perfect example. Yeah. But it's all self-focused. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that is the key. That's the yeah. key problem. And that's one of the key things that are pointed out with fasting for the Lord. Mm -hmm. It gets it off of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jesus said to beware of all sorts of coveting. When people asked about the inheritance, to tell my brother to divide the inheritance. And I'm being wronged. And I'm, you know, someone's taking something from me. And Jesus said he rebuked the guy. Yeah. You'd think he'd be like, yeah, give them his share of the in inheritance. And he rebuked him for covetousness. Like that doesn't seem like a nice thing to do. Um, and Jesus was living a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. He was living a life that it said in John, he knew he had come from God and he was coming back to God. He was totally anchored in heaven and he didn't have covetousness. He didn't have a, a desire for things of the earth. Um, I'm sure he had human desire for that, but he had, he had sublimated that. He had submitted that under God. Um, and what he's recommending is for us to do the same. And I think, you know, fasting is one way uh, to attempt that. You know, the whole concept of justice, not off the topic of fasting at all, but the whole concept of justice in America has really taken a, an about face. They're talking about justice because everybody wants to have justice. And what Jesus told that guy and what, the, what the, Isaiah is saying is that we need to give justice. Mm -hmm. In fact, Oswald Chambers said, never demand righteousness or justice, but never lose the opportunity to give it. Mm -hmm. And again, fasting brings us back to that sort of focus off of ourselves onto the source of what and who we rely on and to whom we should provide mm -hmm. to give breaking of yoke, providing justice yeah but isn't this all just an old testament concept <laughs> i mean they, they were afflicting themselves day of atonement mm -hmm. i'm guilty uh we have to prepare for the high priest we have to repent before god or else the babylonians are going to kill all of us we're christians right new covenant jesus he's like hey man let's let's let the wine flow let's let the feast come <laughs> let's let the joy of the holy spirit be here isn't that right pastor pat well the fact of the matter is it's one wrong. of the great sermons of jesus sermon on the mount he talks about three categories of activity one is giving one is prayer one is fasting yeah in american christianity we we talk about giving plenty yeah <laughs> we we should be talking more about prayer we are talking mm. about prayer mm -hmm. but very little 
at least in the mainstream churches, we talk about fasting. And he brings it right across the, the great divide from Old Testament to New Testament. Mm-hmm. Fasting is a part of our life. Yeah. Particularly absolutely. once the bridegroom is taken from us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is where we are today. Mm-hmm. So this these challenges, this this advice that Jesus gives, particularly in the in the uh, you know Sermon on the Mount, tells us how to fast mm-hmm. and how to give and how to pray mm-hmm. so that this can be a part of our life mm-hmm. today. So clearly fasting is a part of the New Testament experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see it throughout the New Testament also mm-hmm. where they prayed and fasted and as a church and set people apart as leadership. Um, I have heard people say, you know, the scripture about when the bridegroom is with you, you shouldn't fast. And they're like, well, Jesus is with me. Holy spirit's here. Right. So I've, I've heard people say that it's unscriptural to fast now because Jesus has come and he's with God is with us. He was only talking about the three days that he was in the grave. Oh, that's it. I I feel better now. Let's yeah, no, I, I actually have, and I was like, huh, that's an interesting thing if you disregard the rest of the New Testament, where the disciples, the apostles, who walked with Jesus, who understood, who were there when he was preaching and understood what he was saying, they fasted, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, if you if you take, I guess if you take that one scripture, you could say, yeah, the bride, you know, Jesus is with me, or the Holy Spirit, God is with me, or whatever, but you have to... We have to always take the full counsel of the word, and that, right? And that the just, full. <laughs> yeah, and it deflates the hunger again. Oh, right. no, I have everything I need. Well, the expectation that Jesus is coming again, right? I mean, yes, we understand that God is with us, but Jesus himself is returning. Mm-hmm. He's not here in the flesh right now. Like, there is a return that we are anticipating, looking forward to. And once you take that away, mm-hmm. I mean, what is there to, to what motivation? <laughs> really, what are you looking the forward to? The spirit and the bride say, Oh, We're okay here. down here. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> Taking roll call. Pretty good. <laughs> yes. Pretty good. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so just to kind of, just, I just wanted to put that out there because it's something that I've heard, yeah, you know, no, but I'm like, huh, point. that's got to be Because nobody wants to, in their flesh, fast. <laughs> I don't, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a natural thing. The no. only people I know who like fasting are people who have really received benefits of it. Yes. Right. I don't know anybody who, who likes not having that donut or not having that, that hamburger or whatever. No. Yeah. But it's those who have really partaken, tasted of it, and like the outcome. Oh, yeah. They're the ones who want to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I think fasting, I love the way you put that, Liz. Uh, the return of the Lord is a key doctrine of the New Testament, mm-hmm. that he is coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's very few things throughout the New Testament that are more consistent from his final final moments on the planet before he ascended to the final words in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. The Lord's return is a key doctrine, a key teaching. Mm-hmm. We've seen, if you study the, the different moves of Christianity over the last several hundred years, We'll see waves where people will talk about, well, he's here with us now, and they diminish this crucial doctrine. Mm -hmm. He has provided for us a power that is present today. Yes, the things that he did, greater things than will we do, greater things are we doing, can we do today? Yes, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. he is still coming back, and he's going to bring his kingdom. He's going to put it, he's going to plant it on the earth. His feet will once again... Stand in Jerusalem, Love stand it. on the Mount of Olives. It's going to happen. Yeah. Fasting is another another calibrator, as you say. It brings us back to these points that it's not all done yet. 
No. It's not all over. All the, I've provided all things that you need. Yeah, but are you walking in it? Right. Is it manifested in your life? Mm-hmm. Are you reaching the people with that same? Yeah. Fasting calibrates that for I just, us. Mm-hmm. I think about Paul. Um, it said he was often in fastings. Yeah. And he rebuked the Corinthian church with sarcasm. In First Corinthians three, he said, or four, he said, "Already you're kings. You have everything you want. You're rich. You, you reign. I wish we reigned with you guys. I yeah. wish we had all the the benefits that you guys have. Um, we're just apostles getting treated like the scum of the earth, trying to. We have a greater goal in mind that Jesus would, would be glorified, not just that we would have everything that we need and never have a moment of hunger." in our life. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus said one of the key elements of a kingdom citizen is they hunger and they thirst for righteousness and they mourn. So like, what is that about? Mm-hmm. It means you're not at home on the earth. You're not at home even in the body in this moment. There's a greater fullness of salvation that you anticipate. There's a greater connection with Jesus. You say, I'm, I want to uphold. I want to walk uprightly that I might behold his face. I want to see him. I'm not seeing him the way I should. Uh, if I was, my life would look a lot better. I would treat my family a lot better. <laughs> like this is not good enough. You know, like the, the gospel's expression in my life, I need to cry out for more. And if I don't care, that's when I need to fast. Right. That's for me, that's the alarm. I'm like, okay, I'm, I should be doing better. Eh, there's other things that are dominating my thoughts. I should care way more. Yeah, I need I to fast. do something to create an appetite. A kid asked one time at um, at youth group, he's like, how do you get thirsty for God? I'm like, wow, that's a great question. I mean, it's like, I felt like Jesus is like, wow, what an amazing question. <laughs> like, finally, somebody asked a great question. And um, just something that I came to my heart was like, well, the way to be thirsty is not to be full of Mountain Dew code red. <laughs> like the way, the way to be thirsty for pure water is not to glut yourself on, you know, Sprite and Squirt mm-hmm. and everything else that's not going to actually quench your thirst at all. And if you if you stop drinking that, if you stop filling your appetites with the world, you actually purify your appetites. Mm-hmm. That's like, very good, like Liz was saying. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think that is one of the main issues. Mm-hmm. I would think in the, in the American church is that we don't hunger. Mm-hmm. There's not a, there is not a hunger for the depths of God, the experience of Holy Spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. in His fullness, the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the hunger for the Word. I think that's one of the primary things that I see is people do not have an appetite for the word. Mm. And it's like, you won't, if you're filling no. yourself with other things, you, right. you won't. It's like, if you're eating, like you said, like you're eating, you know, chips all day, yeah. like you're not going to be hungry for broccoli. No. It's like you, it, but if you are not eating anything else, man, you eat that broccoli. You're like, wow, this <laughs> is so good. I forgot how good this yeah. is. You know, it's, it's, and it's so silly in the natural, but it's so um, applicable for the spiritual is that if you want to develop a hunger for the word of God, you have to cut out the other things that you're filling mm-hmm. your your mind with, your soul with, your attention with. Man, if you cut out watching TV, you will be amazed <laughs> how much time you, you have. have available. <laughs> yeah. How much time you yeah. have. And then when you don't give yourself the option of mindless, just mindless entertainment or just zoning out, like you could actually get into a book or Mm -hmm. reading something or listening to the word and it will begin to speak to you and you will begin to hear things that you didn't hear before because you're not filling your senses with all this other stuff that's just numbing you. It's really what it does. There's such a joy in it. Like pastor Pat said, the ones that receive benefit from it, they know the joy in it. And even not even at the end of what comes of it, but even the process of, Mm -hmm. of feeding on God during that time and choosing him as your, 
your hidden manna, right? The, yeah. the true bread of heaven. Um, Jesus experienced that, right? He's sitting by the, by the well waiting for the woman to come up, or it was, I actually believe it was after she went to get the village. And then the disciples came up and they're like, hey, did anybody get him anything to eat? And Jesus says, my food's to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish all his work. He's just such a strange man. Like he's <laughs> yeah. just so I different than Jesus everything. Like, <laughs> I have bread that you don't know of. Yeah, like, yeah. Where did he get bread? Is yeah. he like is he hiding again. it somewhere? Yeah. Like, I love the disciples. They're he just so didn't like have butter for the bread. One of the other <laughs> answers to that question of your your friend, how do you how do you uh, get thirsty? Yeah. Um, I, I went through several experiences to find out that that you can actually get so dehydrated where you're not thirsty. Mm. You don't actually have uh, in your mouth a dryness. There are other indicators. Yeah. Um, you guys have heard me tell the stories of whitewater rafting on the Grand Canyon, you know, and mm. it was 119 degrees on the river. Oh and uh, and there's all sorts of other reasons why I decided I wasn't going to drink it until I got to camp, yeah. you know. And so um, I'm starting to get cranky, <laughs> starting to get moody, I'm getting tired, almost lethargic, um, and I got a headache. And the 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 oarman, the, the guy running the boat, he goes, "Hey, what was the last time you had any water to drink?" Mm. And I go, "What are you talking about?" He says, "You're dehydrated." Mm. I wasn't thirsty, but I was definitely in need of hydration. So sometimes we have to recognize the need yes. and not wait to be prompted by That's sensation, That's good. by what we feel. And recognize, I got to drink some water. Yeah. And so the next day, I got me a big old one-gallon jug of water, and it was in the boat with me the whole time. Yeah. Same thing we're seeing uh, with people who suffer from anorexia, is they can literally break the hunger cycle, and they're not, they're not hungry anymore. Hmm. And the only way to break it is to start eating. Yeah, force feed. So, yeah, to start eating and to know mm. this is what I need to do. Which yeah. brings an emphasis on the body of Christ. You're all by yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't have the sense, the need for it. You don't. You don't have a thirst, so you're not drinking. You don't have a hunger, so you're not eating. Whereas when you're on a body, friends can say, "What's the matter with you? What? You, mm -hmm. You're dehydrated." No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm fine. Right. No, you're not. Right. <laughs> Same yeah. thing with the fasting as mm -hmm. a body. A lot of us may not do it if it wasn't for the body of Christ going, come on, let's all do a fast yeah. together. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, so there's a bit of a peer pressure, if you will. Mm -hmm. All together we do it. And now they get to taste of the outcome of fasting. Yeah, Like, huh, I'm going to do that again. It's yeah. a great thing to do in fellowship. Eating's great in fellowship, but also fasting. And it gives you, like in the past, I've had friends that we would fast on a particular day and then get together and have dinner together and have fellowship. Right. And that was a great thing. And it, it kept us accountable and it made it fun and it made it like we're, um, we're pursuing God together. Um, what, what tools would you give people like that? Like if they, if they're like, I want to fast, I haven't really fasted before. Or when I did, it was a bummer or I just powered down a whole bunch of salsa verde chips, you know, two hours after I started cause I, I couldn't keep going. Um, like what, would you guys give any counsel to somebody that wants to start fasting or maybe wants to adapt this more into their lifestyle as a Christian? Yeah, I guess for me, the key to fasting well is um, to not focus on what I'm missing out on or what I'm not having. Mm -hmm. It's to actually put my focus on something else. So yeah. for me, um, if I'm in the word, I actually forget that I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just, it just immersed, I'm just immersed in it and yeah. I'm like yeah. receiving and there's so much revelation that's happening. The Lord is speaking mm -hmm. and it's like, I just, 
I, I'm not thinking about, oh my gosh, I when when am, when is my fast over? When am I going to mm-hmm. get to eat my next meal? It's just because yeah. your attention is on something else. Whereas if you're just sitting there and you're like looking through a cookbook because you're like, <laughs> you know, we're watching Three the Food hours. Network on oh, no, some weird people like to do that, I guess, <laughs> uh, when they're fasting. But if you're yourself. doing that, you're just like focusing on like, what am I giving up? What am I giving up? What am I giving up? When can I have it? When can I have it? Mm-hmm. And that defeats the whole point. The point is yeah. to actually take your attention off of something and put it onto something else. And I think that's one of the keys. I think that's very true. A lot of people will take it to that next step, do the same thing, but take it a little bit more mechanically, like hide the, the, uh, controllers of the television or something like that (laughs) or, and clear the house of, of certain kind of foods. Okay. Mm -hmm. Clear the house of those kind of foods. You know, get rid of all the candies, get rid of all the chips, Mm -hmm. or move them out into the garage or whatever, Mm -hmm. so they're not just standing that they're shouting at you every time you walk (laughs) walk through the kitchen. You know, and same thing. You know, cookbooks, (laughs) magazines. Why is it? That magazines have more food commercials right. <laughs> and, and advertisements while I'm fasting, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, but I, I think there's some important things that it's a part of the abstaining, part of the depriving, is to separate yourself from those things. And when you do, it makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would yeah. say just to take the pressure off when you start, and it's about the heart of fasting or, or the spirit of it. Um, and maybe just start with one meal. And maybe like, hey, I'm going to try to fill myself with the word during this time or I'm going to go meet with someone and have fellowship with them. And I'm, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to put my focus on God. I'm going to go to a place I can pray by myself, seek him because fasting is linked with prayer. It's linked with mm-hmm. seeking God um, all through the scripture. You'll see that. Um, and if you break down and you have, you know, a handful of chips or everything else that we said, you can't beat yourself up because you're hopefully you're trying to seek the Lord. You're not, he's not a legalistic God. That's like, Oh, I was going to give you the power to heal people and cast out demons and be holy and never sin again. But you ate two chips. Sorry. That's Toast. just like, that's You're a complete dead. wrong view of God. <laughs> There's people that literally fast 40 days. Cause they think they're going to be anointed with power like Jesus to do miracles. You know, God did it once. He has to do it for me. Oh, but I had a grape that one time cause I forgot. So he didn't do it. That's pure works. There, there's nothing yeah. about that that's the heart of the gracious God. That's earning. And yeah, yeah you're not earning anything by abstinence. Mm-hmm. In Colossians 2, it said there is a self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. Mm-hmm. He said it is, it is of no value mm-hmm. in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Just stopping eating or watching Seinfeld or going on social media doesn't do, it's of no value. It's not even that it's of little value spiritually. It's of no value if you don't replace it with feasting on God. Yeah. That's so right. that's my little mindset is I'm, I'm not fasting. I'm feasting on the right things. Right. I'm feasting on Jesus. Cause if I make it about what Liz said of like, Oh, I can't have this food. That's of no value. That's not Christianity. That's not the gospel at all. <laughs> so. I think also, yeah. Avoiding, avoiding the legalistic sides. Cause mm-hmm. we can be really good at finding the loopholes of things, you know, and like, <laughs> okay, we're going on like a liquid fast. Right. And so yeah. you just blend up everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. The milkshake <laughs> like, fast. Chocolate, or, peanut butter, banana. We did like, we did a Daniel fast once. <laughs> right. So it's like no meat, no yeah. sweets, like that kind of thing. I gained I'm, weight. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, like we ate so well, like you can make a lot of good food that's vegetarian. I was yeah. like, this is not fast. Yeah, not like my good. my soul is not afflicted right <laughs> right now and it's like okay yes are we meeting the technical requirements of what it, 
what we see. Sure. But is it actually putting us in a, a heart position of need and desire? No. I mean, I still feel very happy and satisfied. So I remember, I remember back when we were, we just came to church, we're all young, young people and pastors say, hey, we're going to fast only, only liquids. And this one gal got up and she, she had no problem with fasting, right? She had milkshakes three times, four times yeah, a day, you know, of course. We're like, uh, no wonder you gain some weight on this. Thing, you know? Wash it down with some coke. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, <laughs> all liquids, only liquids, right? Your teeth fall out of your head. Yeah. Oh Not too good. Um, yeah, just uh, I was also thinking there's one other area I touched on it already, but prayer, mm-hmm. prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when we want to, we want to really deepen our prayer life. Um, when we follow the biblical model, we we will fast. Mm-hmm. Um, when we pray for deliverance, you know, Jesus said there's certain demons that come out through prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, Pastor Pat? I'm going to throw you a hard one. Right yeah, to toss me that <laughs> softball, right? Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, give you a good course, one right there. We're talking about that example where these <laughs> the uh, the disciples had gone out, they'd gone out under under Jesus's direction, and they had done amazing miracles and so forth. And then shortly thereafter, this guy comes back, and hey, your your apostles, your followers could not cast this demon out. And so then Jesus, of course, cast the demon out, and everybody going, "How come we couldn't do that? You know, what's up with that, right? Yeah, what am I chopped liver? You know, <laughs> and uh, and that's when Jesus said, "Certain of these things come out with prayer yes. and fasting." And I don't think that, I don't think, like I said, I don't think fasting is the more efficient way of rubbing genie's bottle. No, no, you know, yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there are principalities, there are powers, and there are different hierarchies in the demonic forces. And so there, there are different settings where it, there's higher authorities. Mm-hmm. And prayer and fasting aligns you with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't earn you anything. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's none of those mm-hmm. cosmic brownie points. You right. know, it's not more effective cause calling out the intergalactic mm-hmm. bellhop yeah. to carry your bags. You know? yeah. it, but it does align you with God. And I believe, particularly when we are doing it corporately, that it brings greater anointing and greater power yeah. and yeah. greater authority is given and exercised. Mm-hmm. That all yeah. sounds to me like prayer and fasting is going to bring some higher results, stronger outcomes, break barriers that weren't normally broken in routine settings. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I've always read and understood that scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And I, I think fasting, <laughs> it removes the blinders that we have. And some of those things that don't come out except through prayer and fasting, they might not even be demons. They might not. They might be mindsets or strongholds or sinful practices that we have. Um, and by pra- by fasting, it they come to the surface. So a lot of times when I fast, I realize I, I just think, oh, I'm hungry. That's why I'm so impatient. That's why I'm so angry. That's why I'm cussing at these people, flying off the handle. It's like, well, maybe I was just medicating all that with food. Maybe I was medicating all that with caffeine and social media and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's actually in me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's actually something that, I, that, yes, Jesus has put it to death, but that's an area that the Lord wants me to put to death as well, to partner with him, to walk in the newness of life, to reckon that actually dead. Now that it's popping up, I cannot give that power. It's like, if I don't fast, I won't be aware of that. I won't be aware that I'm allowing those mindsets to build. Mm-hmm. I, and fasting will actually remove blinders and you'll think, Oh man, I'm actually not as strong as I I thought I was right. in my faith. Right. That's a good wake up call. There's, <laughs> so. there's several places yeah. in uh, specifically like uh, Ephesians and Colossians where Paul used the illustration of clothing. Mm-hmm. 
lifestyles like clothing put off the old man and put on the new man. Well, the new man is within us. Yeah. He is there. That's who we are. But we cover it with nonsense, with mindsets, mm -hmm. with lifestyle habit patterns. Yeah. And you're not going to cast that out. No. That's, right. those, are, those are results of choices you must make. Mm -hmm. And not just once, twice, or three times. Mm -hmm. But it's repentance or turning from that mm -hmm. behavior pattern, that mindset, into one that is in alignment with God. Fasting, like you said, brings it to the surface, brings our focus on it, and gives us wisdom and insight of how to take off that old mindset and put on the new mindset. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to speak to you. You were asking about um, prayer yeah. with fasting. And um, again, it's just so important that we realize that prayer, that time of prayer while we're fasting is about seeking the Lord. Mm. It's about finding him. It's not about coming with a list of things that we yeah. need him to do or that we want to see happen. It is about finding God. And, and whatever needs to go in my life so that I can come in closer to him, that's actually what that time is for. And whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants to reveal, whatever, however he wants to work, I'm here for that. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, it's just about finding him and is he enough? I think that's really what fasting reveals is, is he enough? Mm -hmm. Not does he do enough? I don't know who said it, but it may have been our founding pastor, Pastor Tomsha. She said, Fasting without prayer, it's just a diet. Mm. you got to pray. Yeah. If you're not praying, yeah. you got to wonder whether you're really fasting and fasting right. Yeah. yeah. Andrew yeah. Murray had what I think is the best quote on this, where he said, um, prayer and fasting are like two hands. And with the hand of prayer, you lay hold of the invisible. And with the hand of fasting, you release the visible. Mm. You release the earth. And God's holding his hand out. He wants to bring us up higher. He wants to bring us up to to experientially sit with him and reign with him in heavenly places. But sometimes we're holding on to the visible and by fasting, we open up that hand, but then you're still not going anywhere. You have to pray, you know, seek God That's and good. reach out mm -hmm. and, uh, and take your seat in the council of God or stand in the council is actually what it that is. is very yeah. good. Um, so I, I think good. that's really important too. There's never been a time I've sought the Lord with prayer and fasting that he didn't do exactly. something. He didn't reveal himself. Mm -hmm. And we've all said that at some point, I think mm -hmm. in this podcast, um, how would you encourage people in fasting? Do you think it's for everybody? You think they should start now? You think they should start two months from now? What would you guys <laughs> say? I, I would encourage everybody for fasting. And like Liz said earlier, not focusing on what you're giving up, but focusing on what you get, yeah. the value, the purpose, and how functional it is. Uh, we have we've you know been been doing this for a while, and we've seen some people in religious you know ways of doing it. It's wrong. We've seen people who are, have some serious health issues. And out there trying to fast. Mm. And uh, they shouldn't be fasting. Yes. Okay. Excuse me. From they should be fasting, but not from that. Mm -hmm. yeah, no Everybody problem. could skip a donut. Mm -hmm. Everybody right. can skip the pound cake. You know, I mean, I don't <laughs> know anybody who has to have sugar. Right. You know what I mean? And so fasting, there's at least something people can do to partake of the fasting setup. Mm -hmm. um, and so we want to encourage people by doing it, focusing on what we get and not what we lose. Those yeah. are the areas to me that I think are the, the best way to encourage people. Not say, oh man, last time I fasted, it was tough, this, that, mm -hmm. and the other. Right. When you can really focus on it, every time I fasted, I've gotten something from the Lord out of it. Yeah. yeah. My encouragement would just be to do it. It <laughs> is, I don't, you won't regret it. If yeah. you're really seeking the Lord, he, he promises that he will be found. And yeah. um, 
it's just, you know, if you wanted to give it a try, if you haven't done it before, give it a try. If you are like, oh, I want to eat meals with my family, it's like skip the meals during the day and eat dinner with your family at night. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's ways to do it where you are completely still in that mode, um, but the Lord will meet you in that place also. So I just, I don't know, I just want to encourage you to try it. If you're doing it corporately, that's awesome. You should do that with your church when they call a fast. But I also want to encourage you, those times that when you it's just you and the Lord and he calls you to a fast, those are really precious times and he will do things in your life and it's so personal and it's so intimate and it's so authentic. So, um, ask the Lord, ask him what he wants. He'll tell you, he'll tell you what he wants you to do, but just do it is the key. Yeah. And I think, you know, God can give you the grace to fast and you can seek him. If if you're like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I don't really want to do this. I know I probably should. I believe what I'm hearing, that it's it's a powerful weapon in my spiritual life. It evokes hunger. It deepens my passion for God. Um, it will remove blinders, every, everything that we've been talking about. Um, I need breakthrough in my life. I need breakthrough in my marriage. I need breakthrough in my family. I need hunger for God. Okay, I want to do it. I don't, I just, I don't think I can. Just pray. I'm like, mm-hmm. Lord, help me. Teach me to fast. Mm-hmm. Remember the disciples told Jesus, hey, teach us how to pray. You can ask Jesus to teach you to do the things that he commanded you yeah. and just ask him, right. come with poverty of spirit and say, Lord, I, I don't know how to do this. I want to just, you know, with the minute I get hungry, I want to power down three Snickers and I'm satisfied. Right. And so, no, say like, no, I don't want that. I want to be satisfied in you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 90, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we would rejoice and be glad all our days and learning to find your satisfaction in God. Um, is where you're going to be truly filled. He is That's the right. God of the feast. He's He is the God of the table. Um, he is the Lord of that banquet. Um, if you are abstaining from earthly food, it is so you can feast on him. That is his heart. It's never something you're trying to claw your way into something. It's like he has this for you. Mm-hmm. He, he is seated with you and he says, I want you to feast on me. I want you to know me and I want you to get all the junk food out of your life so that you're actually hungry <laughs> for the, the feast that I have for you. Um, so let, let me just pray for him as we, uh, as we close. Uh, Father, I pray that for everyone that's listening that desires more of you, yes, that desires more of what you have given them as their inheritance, they want to appropriate it. God, they want every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I pray that you give them the grace and the power to fast and to fast in the way that you choose. The fast that Pastor Pat mentioned that looses the cords of wickedness and bondage and gives mercy and clothes the naked and actually feeds the poor. Um, The fast that your glory arises upon. I pray that you would give them the grace for that type of a fast. And I pray, like Liz said, that you'd also give them the motivation to start. Start. Start small. Don't despise the day of small things. I pray that they would get going on it and that you would meet them in such a powerful way that they would find out the truth of what you said, that they're... They can live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So I thank you, Lord, that you sustain us and you sustain um, our listeners. May your blessing be upon us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.